let's say you have a cooking fire, you burn something on the stove so badly, you burn a cabinet or something. Describe some of the steps that you guys do to normalize their situation or what advice you would have. Can they stay in it that night? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I, I would highly recommend Hello everybody, how are you doing? This is Peter with the Property Pros Podcast. Uh, I happen to be a public insurance adjuster that works for Gold Star Adjusters. And on today's episode, we've got another great episode. We have a restoration contractor. His name is Marshall Smith. Marshall has a company called American Quality Restoration. Marshall, we just met recently. I think your story is amazing. I'm so glad you came on to be a guest and, and talk about your experience and give uh, give our audience a little insight as to what you do and what they can do in the event of future calamities. So give us uh, give us our audience a little bit of background about yourself. Okay. So yeah, you know what I do because sometimes people hear the term restoration and not exactly sure what it means necessarily. Uh, so what we do is, you know, we restore properties um, for business owners and homeowners after disaster strikes. So whether that's, you know, a flood, a, a pipe burst in your home, um, you have mold, you know, grown on your wall after a rainstorm comes through, um, you know, whatever the case may be, fire damage restoration, um, we're the guys that come in and, and clean up the mess and, and help you, you know, get back to normal. Um, and so my background, um, I'm young, so I'm, I'm 21 years old. I turned 22 in August, um, but don't let that fool you. I have a ton of experience. I've been doing this um, since I was 15 in high school. So um, I actually started out um, on the weekends. My best friend's dad owned a remediation company in Texas. And so every weekend I was, <laughs> you know, I was a guy cleaning up the water, doing flood jobs and, you know, cleaning up fire and smoke damage in houses and, you know, from storms that would come through. and. Um, so I just learned it really quickly and um, kind of grew, you know, slowly grew a passion for it. I, I never knew that ex was exactly what I was going to do at the time. Um, but I went to college for a little bit. You know, I did well. I just kind of felt like I was lost. It wasn't really for me. And then that's when um, I believe in 20, it was in 2020, um, the big hurricanes hit over in Louisiana. And so, you know, my, my best friend's dad called me up. He's like, hey, Marshall, you know, we could really use your help out here. And. Um, this is when COVID was going on, so everything was online. So I was doing college online and I just went to work, man. And, you know, I worked two years uh, in Louisiana because those back to back to storms hit. Um, just doing, you know, full 4,000 square foot residential homes, you know, completely gutted to the studs, um, mold everywhere. I mean, I've seen the worst of the worst. And so I just got thrown in the fire, learned a, a, a ton of information really quickly. Um, everything was insurance work, so I got really, really good at just, you know, learning how the whole insurance process works, you know, how we can help, how the business model runs, and um, I just learned it kind of top to bottom, and um, I had the opportunity to move out here to Florida. I was actually born um, here in North Florida in Jacksonville, and so had the opportunity, and I've always wanted to own my own business, so I loved it. I knew what I was doing, and I just took a leap of faith, and I got my state license out here uh, last year and haven't looked back, man, and just chasing the dream. So it's uh, it's been awesome. That is awesome. It's a great story because uh, our audience now knows that you you 
worked in the trenches. You did all of the jobs at every phase for your thing. So you did the labor, right? Mm-hmm. And then you did maybe some kind of project management and things like that. Yep, I was doing you know the project management. You know, we were. I learned all the you know psychometrics of drawing houses and the whole science behind it. You know, I went and got all my certifications, and on top of that, you know, I, I learned. Um, you know how to how to build invoices, how to sketch out properties, um, all you know, pretty much top to bottom. How to how to lead crews. I was leading. Um, it's crazy it sounds at 19 years, 20 years old. <laughs> I was leading you know full six to ten man demolition crews and stuff. And I just learned to be a leader. I learned all the aspects that you need to learn and you know running a business and um, just you know, took it by storm. Speaking of storms, I mean, those are the ones, it's when you're meeting people, it's typically on their worst day. So flood loss happens, it's a slab built home, and say you got a foot of water, what are you doing inside that home? Yeah, so, I mean, the first thing with anybody, especially, you know, with a loss like that, it's extremely overwhelming, especially to someone that has no idea or has never gone through an insurance claim um, or never dealt with anything like that. And I, I think that you know the most important thing to do is, is a homeowner and property owner first uh, for your well-being is to is to document everything. So what you want to do, you know, you want to go through and, and and document, take photos, and just absolutely you know capture as much as you can to record you know what kind of damages you have, and that's just going to help you with um, the insurance claims process later down the road, um, and also just to document your property's condition and, and you know have that that documentation. And I think the second thing, um, if you you know if you got a foot of water in your home, no doubt, no question in my mind, you need to call a professional water mitigation company um, to come help you because you know one, flood water, you know it's category three water, nasty contaminants, bacteria, stuff that you know can make you and your family sick. So it's really important to do things the right way and um, bringing out you know a licensed contractor to come and take care of your water damage is very important um, it's not a it's not really a DIY project you want to take on um, I think it's really important to, to contact a professional and and he can help you through the rest of the process from there so Marshall you know with all of the experience you've got from the many hurricanes that you've worked both for your family friends company and then now your company can you think of any stories you want to share with the audience about even though you're meeting them on their worst day, you guys did something to bring a little peace to somebody's world after you know they've been through one of these natural disasters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and that that's one of my favorite parts about the business in general is is we get to go in there and we get to help people at their worst times. And so, um, for example, you know, we I did a project um, this past fall after Hurricane Ian hit. And uh, over, you know, just north of like Port Charlotte, and um, you know, basically we were working this house. It's a, it's a triple wide trailer home, and um, an older lady, and and she, you know, had I mean thousands and thousands and thousands of just antiques and artwork and um, different, you know, fair family heirlooms and just all kinds of things that you know she loved and cared about, and it it was a disaster. You know, there was mold growing everywhere in her whole house. Um, every you know water came in all through the roof and the walls and um, she had no idea what to do and so um, we got to go in there and we got to you know clean and, and save all you know thousands of her valuable contents that she thought was completely ruined um, you know 
our team was able to go in there and just completely transform everything for her. And so, you know, by the time when we first got started, she was extremely stressed out, extremely overwhelmed, didn't know what to do. And, you know, by the time that we actually left, I mean, she, we were like friends, like our whole team, our whole team had grown like really close with her. And she was just extremely just grateful and thankful. And I think that's one of the most rewarding things for me is, you know, a business owner is not even just financially, you know, getting to make that money helping people, but it's, it's just the, the feeling of, of helping people when they're at their worst. And, um, I, I love it. It's, it's one of the reasons that I do what I do. And, um, I'm going to try to continue doing that. It's definitely tangible when you get done with a project like that. You can see what you did, and of course, you can see the stress melt away from their from their face and from their body. That they feel like they're starting to get back to normal a little bit, right? At least their yep. environment's clean. Yeah, That's good. Absolutely. It's a very nice story. So this, yeah, the Ian thing was uh, it was really sad. It feels like some of these things keep getting worse and worse. But to not have power for a while, and, and of course, infrastructure. For the barrier islands and then a little bit inland uh what was it like for you guys when you first started after let's just say this one because we know everyone is different and, and so i know we all do the best we can what sort of obstacles did this present to you that you guys felt you had to overcome that weren't presented say in louisiana when you were working those storms yeah, absolutely. So um, this year, I think I, I was down there. Um, I went to Fort Myers, I think a day after the hurricane hit. So the biggest obstacle um, that I kind of came across first getting down there was all the roads were flooded. And so what should have been, uh, you know, for driving from Jacksonville, Florida, up in North Florida to Fort Myers, or usually is five, six hour drive, something like that. And you know, it took me I think 15 hours to get down there from Jacksonville, and <laughs> every road was closed. Every you know everything was backed up, and the biggest thing too was fuel, obviously. So a lot of people don't think about that after a hurricane hits, but you know we I had to drive two hours north just to find gas for my truck, and so and it was crazy. When what I saw this year too that I didn't even see in Louisiana was. You know, I had these fuel cells and all these gas cans and stuff in my truck that I used to fill up my truck during the day. And as I was driving through neighborhoods, talking to people, helping out, people were begging me to use my gas. <laughs> like I had never experienced that before. And it was just, it was extremely overwhelming to see how many people it really affected. Um, because with Hurricane Ian, it, it was so slow. It moved, it was it's so powerful and huge, but it, it moved so slow across the state. and. It just it impacted so many just such a wide variety of people and so just the initial week down there was i think far more challenging and brought a lot more obstacles than it than it was in louisiana um when we were there which it was a little easier because we were close with texas being right there but um that was something that was that was pretty tough for me and and it was just trying to trying to manage all all those things on top of you know, getting my team down there and, and, and getting to work. So um, the biggest obstacle, you know, going in any storm isn't even necessarily getting to work. I mean, there's tons and tons and tons of people that need help that we're able to help, but it's about getting ourselves in a position to be able to help. You know what I mean? So we have to get mobilized there. And um, like what I did was I luckily I had um, some family that lived up in Tampa. 
And so I was driving two hours from Tampa back and forth every day. So I'd go stay the night in Tampa and then drive down, go stay the night in Tampa, drive down. And so I, I did that for about a week. Um, and that's just, you know, that's just part of it. That's what you have to do. And um, it's hard. It's not for everybody, but I, I really, I enjoy the, the challenge and I love challenging myself as a person. And um, I think that's one of the things that I enjoy most about it is, is really just challenging myself to figure it out, you know, because if I want to help people, I got to make sure I'm in a position to help people first. And so um, I, I really love that aspect of it. And it was awesome this year. The whole experience was, it was uh, definitely a challenge, but it was awesome. The logistics is, so just getting, doing the jobs themselves are not, that's not the difficult part. I mean, you guys know what to do. We know what to do. But logistically, just to move around, like you said, streets were flooded out, trees are down, traffic lights aren't working, cell towers are down. It's it's everything. So logistically, these things are really, really hard on the people that are trying to help the communities. And of course, the communities, hey, look, man, you, you want to stay in your house, you want to protect it from looters, but um, they haven't showered in a week, you know, or... Uh, food like when you guys go down and do your food right it's tons of power bars some waters and gatorades but no real food and no real bathrooms to use so it's hard on everybody for certainly and scary really really scary for those that actually go through it i had work for somebody that was in their home on sanibel they must be 200 yards from the gulf i can only imagine like a train running through their house for four five six seven hours and then to see the water start to fill up yeah scary stuff it's yeah it's extremely scary and that's one of the things i think is most important that i I feel like a lot of business owners um that do you know hurricane recovery services uh, one of our main focuses should be is you know reacting and responding to these people's needs and you know caring about them as a person from a stand that type of standpoint rather than just a business standpoint and so i think that's something that helped me tremendously is um you know just learning getting better at talking to people and and being you know empathetic to people is is really getting down on their level and, and trying to understand what they're going through mentally and so that's what i try to do um with my business you know when i first go in there is you know, I'm at, I don't even ask them anything about insurance or, you know, what's going on. I'm like, hey, are you guys okay? Like, is your family okay? You know, is there anything that I can do? Uh, you know, I have some gas in my truck, you know, whatever you guys need. And so I think that's a really, really important part of it. And that's what that's what people need in that type of, you know, in that time. They, they need community. They need, they need to feel like people um, care about them and, and care about their situation. And it's not just a dollar sign. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day as a contractor there's so much work and there's so many you know opportunities to make money but if you go into it wanting to help people the money's going to come and so if you do things the right way and treat people the right way and and are truly empathetic and care about your customers like we do that that's what will set you apart and that's that's the number one thing that i've learned owning a business and, and just working with people is genuinely caring and and you know, attending to the needs of our customers. And I think that's one of the most important things in, in hurricane situations. Agreed. People want to do business with people, for sure. Yep, yep, absolutely. So, you know, the other subject we haven't talked much about, but it's important, fire losses or smoke losses that you might deal with. 
is some wife or husband making a mistake and uh, burning some stuff on the stove. Mm-hmm. And it can create a really big mess for people, bigger than they give them credit for when your house fills up with smoke. Can you describe to some of the people that are listening? Let's say you have a cooking fire. You burn something on the stove so badly, you burn a cabinet or something. Describe some of the steps that you guys do to normalize their situation or what advice you would have. Can they stay in it that night? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I, I would highly recommend anyone that has a fire in their home um, until it's you know deemed safe either by an industrial hygienist or you know, a fire and smoke damage professional, I would not recommend staying in the house um, personally because, you know, there's all kinds of bacteria and, and different things that can make you sick and, you know, harmful from after a fire. Um, and, you know, there's all kinds of different fires, protein fires, synthetic fires, um, and you you name it. And they, they all have different effects um, and release, you know, different chemicals into the air. And um, it's definitely worth it for you and your family to get out of the house until you know that it's okay for you guys to be in there and so I think you know the most important thing what you can do is same thing with the flood you, you want to document everything so you know document what happened take pictures take videos you know everything that you can do and then you know obviously you want to file an insurance claim as quickly as you can because it's the same thing with anything you know if say you have a fire and you know the fire department comes and puts it out well you also have soaking wet walls and floors and ceilings from the fire department soaking it down so it's important to mitigate those damages quickly and so that's why you should call you know a licensed professional that can come clean it up um, and let your insurance company know that you're you're mitigating the damages and you're acting quickly um, to prevent things from getting worse and that's what's going to help you in the long run for you know you to obtain coverage from your insurance company not get pushed back and just help you get your home back as quickly as possible. You know, something I think they need to know about fire losses, like what to do. So part of the house smells and smells badly and part of the house doesn't. Let's say, for instance, in the main house, but not in the garage. Your stuff. What do you do with the stuff? Because you can take smelly stuff and you put it with stuff that doesn't smell. You got to be careful with that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so one of the, you know, one of the things that we do most during fires is, and that takes the longest, is is contents so that that's one of the biggest aspects of any fire loss is cleaning and you know we have to use you know special techniques and chemicals and and different you know ways to clean contents but you definitely don't want to take a room that you know say for instance that's where the fire was you don't want to take all your contents and pack it into the garage that had nothing in there and then now your garage smells and the original room smells and you're walking through so i think um, like what we do, you know, we, we, we create a itemized list, um, detailed, documented for the insurance company. We go through, we, you know, we clean, we deodorize, we use, you know, ozone generators and, and just a bunch of different things to um, really draw out that smell out of your content. So, because um, our job after any fire, you know, is to get your home to its pre-loss condition. And so from contents to structural materials to wood, you know, to deodorizing your entire home, depending on the severity of the fire it all plays a role in you know what steps that we take to remediate after the fire that's awesome that's good information for everybody to know um what else do you want the public to know about american quality restoration specifically or how can they get in touch with you if they themselves have questions about 
they need some mold remediated or they got a leaky pipe or uh, they just had a fire loss and they need some help. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, what, what I want people to know about American Quality Restoration is we, we truly do care about our customers and I think that's something that sets us apart. And we take the, we take the time to understand the needs of every one of our customers. Um, and we, we go above and beyond, you know, we, we, we take the time to, to document everything thoroughly to make sure our customers are okay and ask them genuinely what do, what do they need, you know, what, what are you guys going through, we're here for you. Um, I like to think of our, our team as a family. And so every customer that we bring on and that we do work for is part of our family. And I think just having that community and that, that family-like feel really, really sets us apart. And that's why every one of our customers that I've done work for, I've, I haven't had a single customer that isn't happy with our work. And there's a reason for that because we take the time to do the little things right and to really just make people feel like they're in good hands and we do things the right way. And um, yeah, and, and people can contact us and reach us through our social medias. You know, we're on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Um, you can follow us at American Quality Restoration. Um, also, you know, I'm active on my Google profile. You know, you can check out all of our reviews and I try to post there as well. And um, if you guys want to reach out to me, uh, you know, my number is 904-438-8780. And um, I'm sure we'll have some contact stuff in the chat box as well. But um, yeah, I just, I'm trying to do things right, you know, do things differently than everybody else. And, um, I think that's what sets us apart. And so I'm excited to just build this thing and see where it takes me. And we have a really good team here and we're just doing things the right way. And so the sky's the limit. I'm, re I'm really, really excited to see where it takes me. Well, thanks so much, Marshall. I appreciate it. Um, uh, great content, great guest to be on today. Excited that you got to be on. And for those of you that are listening, that think that you know, you would be a good fit for our uh, future episodes. Please reach out to us anywhere you could find your podcast. And that's all from Property Pros Podcast.